Hey, this is Jeff Pilsen of Foreigner, Dockin', M Machine, you name it, I've been there. And you're listening to Jay Scott on The Hook Rocks. What's going on? Hope you're having a wonderful day, a splendid day, as they say. Welcome back to the Hook Rocks, the Ultimate Rock Community Podcast. I'm your host along the way, Jay Scott. We're here for you. We are offering an escape for you from the outside world and all the crap that people are dealing with from coast to coast, all over the globe. And we're going to continue being that escape for you tonight because we've got some really cool things to talk about. And it involves the infrastructure of rock music that we have touched on from time to time here. And it's going to be very important just for artists and what the future holds for them and also for the fan too as well. And ultimately the survival of rock and roll as we know it. I'd like to welcome in a repeat guest, one of my favorite guests, and that is Christy an Eagle. No one. No one on the continent, in the globe, in the galaxy, in the universe knows the business and what's trending in terms of technology, in terms of the future, like Christy does. What's going on, Christy? How are you? Hi, Jay. Um, Thanks for having me back. You know, I love to chat with you about all things music. And um, boy, there's a lot going on and my head is spinning. So yeah, there is a lot. My head is spinning. I know everybody else is. I do want to talk about a couple things before we begin because there were some headlines or one was a headline one was more or less an experience and that is the Grammys. Uh, I, I hesitate to bring up the Grammys because as rock fans we shouldn't care at all what the Grammys do, what they're about, who they award their whatever best of every year because rock and roll is not a part of it and it was reluctantly a part of it back in the 80s when they had no choice if you remember prior to Jethro Tull winning the <laughs> Grammy other you know uh, instead of Metallica that was yes, the, the first perk. year that heavy metal and hard rock were put on a pedestal or put on the platform for the Grammys before that, there was no awards given to Van Halen. Van Halen was never nominated. Motley Crue was never nominated. Led Zeppelin was never nominated. None of the great bands were ever nominated for Grammys. Okay? And the only reason why they started to do it in the late 80s is because hard rock music, the glam era, really took off. It was all over MTV. It was all over radio. Girls were into the music, and young people were into the music. So in order to bring young people into the award show and to watch, they reluctantly set up two awards, I believe it was two, Best Hard Rock Performance, 
best heavy metal performance. And I also think there was also a best hard rock album and best mm-hmm. heavy metal. Maybe that came later, but I know there were at least two awards. So this whole idea that rock bands get upset with the Grammys every year because they're not <laughs> televised on television and they don't even nominate rock people. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't care. It's always been like that. It's not going oh, yeah. to change. So yeah. instead of getting worked up about the Grammys and instead of putting your fists in the air for a couple of days and complaining how the Grammys always screw over rock and roll, nothing's changed, people. It always has yeah. been like that. It's all. Why are you getting upset? You, know, you want to fight for rock music? Go buy some physical copies of music. Go buy there some go. merchandise for, for the bands that are out there. That's what they need you to do. They need you to stop caring so much about the Grammys and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that are only interested in advertising dollars and, mm-hmm. you know, selling tickets like the Rock and Roll Hall of mm-hmm. Fame does. They don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. So stop no. feeding into it. Stop it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, so, and it, they got, they have their worst ratings ever. They lost 10 million viewers between last year and this year. Yeah. And, you know, if you look about, look at it i know somebody who is familiar with it and the thinking of the people who are voting the, the board of directors they'll say something like um well we don't really have to put sound garden in because you know pearl jam is already there yeah so you know just listen to that sentence and that tells you all you need to know about the people who nominate and vote into well there's also we, we discussed this last year i think it was late summer we talked about this at some point last year i know we did we talked about the corruption that exists with oh, yeah. how awards are given and that story was pretty much buried you don't hear anything about that anymore and that was the story about i forget her name she was part of the recording academy mm-hmm. music academy and she basically exposed the academy mm-hmm. for taking cash money from record mm-hmm. companies that have an interest mm-hmm. in getting their artists an award. So it was more yep. based on who can get the, be- the, the the bigger influence on the recording academy rather than who actually deserves it. So, oh. you know, so yeah, that, that, that story has been buried. But that was a big story mm-hmm. for about two, three weeks, and now you don't hear about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's one thing. And then when they do award the rock award, okay, the best mm-hmm. rock mm-hmm. performance – they give it to a band called The Strokes, okay? Mm-hmm. And during the acceptance speech, uh, acceptance speech of the of Julian Casablancas, who is the front man for The Strokes, he was mm-hmm. asked about whether the genre itself was still alive. And he rebuked that notion that rock and roll has died, but added that the blues-influenced rock sound that fueled bands like Led Zeppelin or Cream in the 60s and 70s, along with the more polarizing acts like Greta Van Fleet today, I didn't know Greta Van Fleet was polarizing, but whatever, (laughs) has run its course. I think Mm -hmm. people who say things are dead, I feel like it means their imagination possibly has died. There's room for so many genres of music, not necessarily blues rock, which makes no sense. Please know more of that. Casablanca said the following Sit following the wind. All kinds of genres of music can blend in so many ways. Keys themselves or singing styles or different bending of notes. You can sing an Arabic song with a country twang or vice versa. There's so much room for stuff. Now, I'm going to break this down because this whole 
thing here is bullshit, okay? Let's start with the idea that all kinds of genres of music can blend in so many ways. Keys themselves or singing sounds or, or different bends of notes. You can sing an Arabic song with a country twang or vice versa. And yet he said that we don't need any more blues rock by Led Zeppelin or like Led Zeppelin. Does he know anything about Led Zeppelin? Does he know about the song Kashmir? Does he know how Jimmy Page and Robert Plant incorporated Arabic-style music, Middle Eastern music, into their songs like Kashmir, like uh, Achilles' Last Stand, like all these songs? How about the country twang? Has he heard Black Country Woman? Has he heard Hot Dog? On in through the outdoor, has he heard "That's the Way"? Has he heard "Carousel Ambra"? I mean, to make that statement and then follow that up with the statement that different styles can merge together, yet completely being void and ignorant about what Zeppelin was about. Zeppelin wasn't just a blues-based band. Sure, there was their, their first few albums were definitely blues-based, but they grew, they evolved. And that's the reason why people hold them so special in such high regard because they were able to do that. So so when someone says blues rock, we don't need any more of that. Blues rock existed (laughs) in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and it still exists today. And it's still just as good as it was. And Mm -hmm. maybe the reason why, maybe the reason why young people are not connecting with rock music today is because bands like the strokes have abandoned what is the core of rock and roll okay there you go maybe I if mean, they the embraced re- it more maybe more young people would would gravitate to it like my 16 year old son and his friends who like Greta Van Fleet who like Dirty Honey who like blues based uh-huh. music sure of course I mean you know he does such disservice when when you when you say something, I, I don't want to call him out, say it's, it's ignorant, but it's it not is. well-informed. <laughs> it's not well-informed, okay? And to not know the root of rock and roll, right? To go back to Sunhouse and, you know, Robert Johnson and Muddy Waters and the Delta Blues. And, I mean, to, to just completely dismiss, I, I'm speechless. Uh, yeah. Quite frankly, yeah. and I, I'm like, you know, so, I, so here's the good news: nobody watched it, okay, and right. nobody young watched, not watched it. And then, I mean, if you tuned in to watch um, Megan Thee Stallion and uh, Cardi B sing "Wet Ass Pussy," then you really got nothing going on in your life. I'm sorry, and I'm sorry, I don't mean that like you're a loser, but there are better things to do with your time. I think that's not a song that I think should even like be broadcast over the air. Right. But that's just me. And then they have the right to say anything they want. Um, but you know, they didn't broadcast fantastic Negrito who put out an album and won a Grammy for it called, um, have you lost your mind yet? Which is an absolutely excellent album. I recommend everybody listen to it. So instead of championing that, because it's all this woman power stuff, and I'm a woman, I find it offensive personally. So I, the Grammys and the Hall of Fame, I hope that they become relics of the past, personally. Well, that's the whole thing, right? I mean, people want to talk about 
rock music and how irrelevant it is. Right, right. And maybe it's because we have artists like The Strokes that don't want to embrace <laughs> the core right. and where it came from. Because yeah. I guarantee you, if The Strokes were walking down the street, okay, I would have no idea who they were. And not because no. I'm not really into their music, but they look like like they're hanging out at the mall. Okay. They look like they're like they're like they're 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 walking in the neighborhood, like they're walking their dog and they look they don't look like a rock star. But you look at Mark LaBelle from Dirty Honey, you look oh at Luke, Luke Spiller from the Struts, <laughs> you look yeah, at the guys I, in Joyous Wolf and South of Eden, blues based rock music. Those guys look like fucking rock stars. And that's the new breed of rock music. Okay. And, and I think the Threat should have won, it really, and they weren't even nominated. Right. I mean, as, that was a great album they put out. It got no attention, but it was a rock album, and I thought it was commercially viable, and yet the Stroke, they've been around for a while, too, right. haven't they? Right, right. You know, right. And, and I'm sorry, I think they've, I think that they've um, not enriched themselves, but they've certainly built their music on rock and roll which was, again, built on the blues. So, yeah, I just, again, not well-informed. So, and the other, go yeah. on. And I listened to the, the, to the Strokes' new album after I heard this comment. I'm a, a big Strokes fan. And, it, and to me, it sounds like a new wave album from the 80s that's now considered rock. If that was released in 1986, that would be a new wave record, like Devo, like bands like that. It would not be considered oh, really? a rock album, in my opinion. I you know. It. Wow. And then okay. to wrap things up on the Grammys, yes. <laughs> the Eddie Van Halen tribute or lack oh. thereof. Um, terrible. <laughs> you know, again. I didn't watch it, you know. Yeah, I, did, I, I, did didn't watch watch it. It. I, I didn't watch it either. I, my, my expectations were low, but I think he got like eight seconds, basically. Ooh, maybe, nice. maybe 15. Yeah. Here's a guy that reinvented the wheel, reinvented guitar, yeah. was, so, yeah. was so influential to rock guitarist who existed before him and who came yeah. after him started a whole genre of shredders um not just that but he was a fantastic rhythm player he introduced and patented technology on the instrument um meant so much to the guitar meant so much to music and he to played just, rhythm and lead yeah he played rhythm and lead okay so I'm a, Without overdubs, by the way. I'm a, I'm, I'm a guitar player. I'm not great. But, um, you know, the thing is, to do that and not lose the rhythm, and you, you know all those songs. I mean, they're percussive, right? And, I mean, it's just genius. And when you watch them weave in and out of rhythm to lead, oh, my God, that's an art. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, Eddie was a great lead guitar player, but... He's very underrated as a rhythm guitarist, and people don't give him enough credit for his sense of timing and you know how he can come in and out of a solo right yeah, you know, on right <laughs> on the beat you know and right. and he's just phenomenal with that and you know to not recognize that I didn't want a pop artist to get out there and make it about them and come out with this outrageous outfit singing a Van Halen song. Yeah. I, I felt that would have taken away from the essence of Van Halen. I wanted just a video montage and him speaking in Big his up. own words throughout the years for a couple of minutes. I think they should have done that. There was no reason why they couldn't have done that. Um, well, uh, here's the reason that they didn't do that. 
is they actually don't like rock and roll. Exactly. They don't. Exactly. They feel like, oh, we already have Pearl Jam in. We're, we're good with rock and roll, right? Right. We don't need any more right. else. Oh, the Strokes, yeah, they're good. All right. Yeah. They don't listen to it. They don't like it. And like you said, the only reason that they have those categories is because they couldn't not have them anymore after a certain point. Right, right. Yeah, so I mean, they it. were basically, they had no choice in the 80s because of the popularity right. that was brought on by MTV. They had exactly. no choice but to do it. And they and they appeased, well, I, maybe appease is the wrong word because they gave the award to Jethro <laughs> Tull the first year. But they oh, appeased, yeah, that's right. The, the heavy metal band out of England, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just, you know, they basically appeased us. And then when the popularity started to wane, then the award went to the after show or awards given prior to the show. They don't care about oh, rock yeah. music. So stop no. caring about the Grammys. Right. Just stop. Uh, stop yeah. it with the, Everybody with, out there. Yeah. <laughs> Just stop it. It, it's, it. It doesn't matter. Rock and roll is still great. It doesn't need the glorification, the justification, or the liberation from the Grammys. It just doesn't. It, it, it's its own thing. It's the middle finger to the rest of the music world. Unless you're the Strokes, where you want to dress like you're at you're at a barbecue playing tunes, forget it. Just just concentrate on what's new and what's coming up. And I keep mentioning this oh, yeah. in a lot of episodes. There's so much to celebrate with rock and roll. Oh yeah, so oh, much to celebrate. And I let's, can't keep up. Let's focus on that <laughs> with all the albums coming out in 2021. I predict. I predict that. <laughs> That it's going to be very similar to what happened in the 80s, where there's going to be so much rock music everywhere, from new bands to old, that people aren't going to have a choice but to hear it, because there's going to be so much of it. There's going to be so and much of it. And the tours and the festivals. Yeah, I'm yeah. seeing everybody booking the festivals. Everybody book Pearl Jam. Hello. Can you please reconfirm your dates, Pearl Jam? Thank you. But <laughs> there's, it's, it's during, it, I'm overwhelmed. I'm absolutely freaking overwhelmed with the amount of incredible music. I can't keep up because I'm still listening to albums that I love from 2019 that I really haven't spent enough time with, you know, and I listen to music a little bit differently than other people. But if you like something, there is a band out there for you. Not only a band, you want me to read you some statistics? Go ahead. They're kind of scary. Okay. The sheer vastness of the content available already makes getting above the noise incredibly difficult and it's getting more daunting every day. Uh, number one, 60,000 tracks are uploaded to Spotify every day. Number two, 70 million is the number of tracks currently available on Spotify. Number three, 4.5 billion. Okay, that's with a B. 4.5 billion. I cannot wrap my head around that. That is the number of Spotify playlists. So if you're trying to get on a playlist, there's 4.5 billion, so you might have a chance. Five years, number five. Five years is the length of time it would take you to listen to the content uploaded to Spotify in a single day. So starting from today, if you listen to every song that was uploaded on Spotify, it's going to take you five years. Well, I do have some vacation time, so... <laughs> Number six, two million is the number of podcasts vying for attention on Spotify. Two million. You know, a lot. Of <laughs> uh, to say that really quick, you know, that's why, you know, the podcast community, most of us are, are very respectful to each other because, 
we know there's so many podcasts out there and we know we're all a teensy weensy slice of the big pie that's out there. And we all try to do what we do and we all try to make it unique. And sometimes we're more unique than others. Sometimes we do the same stuff, but you know, I, I really do enjoy the podcast community. I've had a lot of people on that do host their own show, but you know, when you hear the number 2 million podcasts, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, there's a lot of fish in the sea, a lot of fish in the sea and overwhelming. You know, the only thing Uh, I can say is, you know, stay together be, be cordial and respectful to each other oh, and, yeah. um, you know, just just enjoy what you do. Do it for enjoyment. Don't do it for anything else. Oh, right. And I, and I think, you know, out of 2 million, even if you want to jump in and become a new podcaster, I think, why not? There, I, there's plenty of people on the planet, right? Yeah. Um, num- number eight, speaking of uh, millions, eight million is the number of creators on the platform. Eight million people. Or bands or groups, eight million. I mean, people have been so creative, you know, and and that's really the democratization of music and being able to create music and podcasts. We can do it from home with a phone, basically, and a microphone. Um, piece of, a laptop helps, but <laughs> I don't even know if that's really necessary with all the apps on your phone. So, I mean, people have taken to creativity. You know, I think that's great, personally. And I'll end with this one. 50 million is the number of creators Spotify predicts to be on the platform by 2025. Wow. So in four years, from 8 wow. to 50 million. You can do the math. That's insane. Well, I've been so. saying over the last few weeks on the show that there's never been a time in music there where, where there's been this many new bands creating new music in so many different geographic locations. I exactly. mean, it is, it is global. And, and this goes back to what the guy in the stroke said, who's a stroke. He basically said that blues rock, we don't need any more of you when there's so much content being created. And it's not all blues rock. It's silly to think no. that it would be, but blues oh God, rock no. still has a huge piece of rock music because yeah. it's, it's still good. And people still listen to it from the young to the old. And, you know, instead of, instead of making a statement like that, listen to what Christy just said, listen to all those numbers. It is amazing that there's that many people creating music. Not all of it's good. Doesn't mean it's good, but there's a lot of people creating new music. That's why it's so exciting to be a fan of rock music right now, because there's so much new stuff that's coming yeah. out, new music that, you know, stop listening to the same 10 bands or five bands or three bands and the right. same 10 songs. You got to check out exactly. some of this stuff. Oh, I mean, absolutely. It'll blow your mind. You know, I would, I start listening to one thing and then I listen to another thing. Today I listen to Rich Coats and All Day because that album is still spectacular and it's always going to be a great album, 50 for 50. God's but the man. I, my, my, my listening list is like so long, obviously as everybody else's is, but you're going to find something that you like. And if you're creative and you feel like being creative, the barrier is really low. You know, you can really, you know, I, I'm going to recommend if you're not really great at recording music, that that's something you might have done professionally in the studio. So save your pennies for that. Unless you know how to do it at home and you're really good at it. Right. But basically, you know, you can probably record yourself doing an acoustic singer songwriter thing and upload it. 
So if you are creative and you're feeling the urge, there is really nothing stopping us anymore. You know, before it used to be totally different in the music industry. You know, you have to have an A&R agent, you have to do this, and you have to jump through the hoops, and you usually sign some long, horrible contract that you couldn't get out of. And I mean, the whole entire music industry is changing. And, and there's been some monumental, sorry, monumental shifts in the last two weeks that are just mind-blowing and really have an opportunity to change the way you make money and, and possibly make a living off music and making it a lot easier and more accessible for people than it's ever been in the past. Yep. Do you want to know what one of those is? <laughs> yeah, I was just going to ask. Tell us. <laughs> okay, hold on just one second. Well, I'm going to talk to you. Three major things happen. And I want you to know that when I got to the first one, it took me forever to research and I did it. And I wrote, I almost, I'm out of paper in my notebook, basically. Then I got to the number two thing that happened this last week and it took up the rest of my notebook. And I, and I did so much research, I forgot what the number three thing was. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's, there, Um, there, there, there are two kinds of people in this world. One (laughs) that people are really good people are really good at counting and the other three are, are really not. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so anyway, tech talk with Christy, here we go. Uh, I would say that there was a major change in the way that one streaming platform, SoundCloud is going to start paying their artists. There's some caveats on that, but before we get there, the way that streaming agent, uh, streaming services pay creators. Now, I'm going to use the word creator to mean people who hold, hold the copyright, right? So it's either a publisher or a label. Um, typically, unless you're you're a really strong independent band, like I'm going to assume Dirty Honey is holding all their copyrights. So typically, what happens is you're copyrights are managed by professional rights organizations and they will do all the administrative work you join an organization like ASCAP or CSEC or an international one or BMI and they take care of planning where your song is played all over the world and then the royalties are sometimes sent to you within a year sometimes within a couple years and it's kind of hodgepodge a lot of it's self-supporting you know because music's played everywhere supermarkets bars wherever and they have to find everywhere your song's been played and and they pay you uh, sometimes you get a check in the mail it's called mail money for your royalties and it comes to you maybe 55 cents or you know, maybe 30 dollars or something like that and it'll come to you a year or two after uh, you know, your saw your albums out or whatever. That's that's a, a huge change in that. And um, one of the things that's changing is SoundCloud is they're going to go to something that's called a user centric model as opposed to a pro rata. So what happens with pro rata? That means all the money goes into a big pot from like Spotify, and then they pay their artists according to the royalties and what have you, proportionally. So if, 
Beyonce or Drake gets most of the streams that month, at the end of the month, and you're an indie band and you only got a little bit of action, spins and streams, you're going to get a little bit of money and they're going to get the most, right? That's just the way it works. That's pro rata. SoundCloud wants to change it to what they're calling the fan. Um, it's a strange name. It's actually, it's user-centric. Um, and that means what they're going to do, they have this, oh, it's called fan-powered royalties. <laughs> so it's user-centric. That means that they're going to pay artists based on the people that listen to their music, right? So the caveats are, the caveats are here that you have to be a subscriber. So they're only going to count the money that your spins are getting, your streams are getting if they're a subscriber. So they're changing that model from pro rata to fan powered for everybody that is a subscriber and they've got a couple different subscription levels. And the other thing that they're doing is that you have to distribute your music through one of their platforms. They have something called SoundCloud Repost, SoundCloud Repost Plus. And so instead of going through like DistroKid or TuneCore or CD Baby or whatever, you have to actually distribute it through SoundCloud. But having said that, this is a great opportunity for bands like, I'm going to say, Small Town Titans or Black Cat Mojo that have a really good following on Patreon or they've built their own platform to follow them over to SoundCloud and subscribe and then listen to their music constantly and then that will get them more money. You can go out online and research this. If you're a young band and you're struggling and you want to figure out how you can get and build a fan base and make a living off your music, this is an opportunity because this is the first time that the way artists are paid has changed in such a long time. I ever there, you know, this has never really happened before. Now doesn't, or will SoundCloud keep a percentage of that money? Oh yeah. Let's get to that. Um, they're going to take 45%. So you have to think of it, though, if you're making more money to begin with, you're still going to come out ahead because, uh, here, let me get, what, what is, well, I have a different screen for that. Spotify right now is paying point zero zero three nine seven for stream. YouTube is the lowest it at 00074, Pandora is 00134, Google is 006. Deezer is a little better, 006. The best one is, believe it or not, is Xbox. If you listen to music through Xbox, uh, 0.2. Uh, Title is better, Rhapsody is better, Amazon is better, Amazon is 00.7. So that's what they're paying you, and they're going to take a little bit of off the top anyway so you're not the we talked about this before the average band is making around five thousand dollars off their streaming royalties right what well, can happen go ahead i guess my 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 first thought is 
A, it's a better deal for mid-level to mm-hmm. lower-level artists. And I, and I mean level as in terms of, you know, bands that can generate revenue. You know, I mean, right. you know, a, a, band, a band like Blacktop Mojo or, you know, whoever is more of a low-level to mid-level band in terms of generating revenue. And right. if they rely on a, on a Spotify or other streaming services – they're going to just cap out at a certain amount. Whereas yep. SoundCloud, if they release their music first on SoundCloud and mm-hmm. you know do a run there for however long, even though SoundCloud's taking, what was it, 45%? 45%, right. So you're still making 55 cents on every dollar, which is right. fantastic. And what you can do with that, or, or comparing it to what Spotify does it, it, it's a no-brainer. I mean, you know, I mean, Spotify is going to send you a check every month for, you know, seventy-eight cents, if that. Whereas, <laughs> whereas you can do a lot of things with SoundCloud, whether it's releasing your album first, giving them an exclusive. Number two, you can do rarities. You can do acoustic performances. You can do oh, acoustic versions of your songs where people can get it. You can do a lot of stuff with that platform. Um, oh yeah. I hope it's not. I hope it's not kind of like a bait and switch where first couple of years they're doing, you know, forty five percent, and then all of a sudden they they ramp it up to seventy eighty after a while because that'll be pretty mm-hmm. shitty. Well, but, you know. they, no, they say, they say they hope it goes down. And you know, um, there was a huge hearing last November in the UK Parliament about digital culture, media, um, profits, right? And they're actually looking at all of Europe switching completely to user centric and getting rid of pro rata because they think pro rata is um, on its face unfair. Yes. And and it, and it's squeezing independent artists out and not giving them even a chance for fresh air. Now the government. Um, I'm reading the abstract. Um, it's a long abstract. <laughs> I've been reading it, and it feels like the government doesn't really want to go out and lead and be proactive on that, but they're going to follow uh, the industry. So, uh, you know, that's so the industry is Sony and Universal Music Group, basically. Uh, so, whatever they decide is kind of what the UK is going to do. Because, you know, governments really do control copyrights and, and how much money artists can earn. Right. They, that's our government. You can earn 0.09 cents. It might have gone up recently. They, they had like the first change in a, in a zillion years. And so that's all controlled by the government. They set all the rates. So it's not really free market, you know? So when you, when you look at going from pro rata to user centric, if we can get it on SoundCloud and it's successful, then, um, it possibly can lead the way. You know, all eyes are on this. You know, and I'm not sure if they're on the blockchain, but I have a feeling they are. I know Spotify and a couple of other uh, services are already using blockchain. Blockchain we'll talk about in a minute, but it, it, it also changes the way royalties are paid and kind of cuts out all of the professional rights organization groups because it's paid automatically into the artist's account without going through any agency because there's no need for auditing. Because blockchain is a digital ledger, and it's very hard. It's almost—I don't think you can fake 
you can't fudge or, or create any kind of fraud on blockchain. And blockchain yeah. also has all the digital information. It knows exactly who all the owners are and who the copyright holders are, and it goes directly to them. Well, so Kings, cleaner, of Leon, Kings of Leon made, made, made yeah. news by being the first band <laughs> to offer their music by blockchain. And yes. for those that are listening that maybe are, are, are trying to understand this, this is what is called a game changer, okay? Yes. If this does go through and, and, and keeps gaining momentum, this mm-hmm. is going to be a game changer. This is going to make the streaming services, the record labels – incredibly nervous and scared. Oh, yeah. Okay? If you, For sure. If you thought that they got scared when Napster was out <laughs> and, you know, file sharing, this is like, oh, my God. You mean the bands won't need us anymore? The artists won't need us anymore? Yeah, that's pretty much what they're saying. Is they're not going to need anything. They're not, not going to yeah. need all that they're going to need. They're going to need. They're going to need tech savvy people to get their music yeah. to the people, basically, yeah. right? That's well, what they're going to do. Not even that. Not even that. Oh my god, my research has been insane. Well, see, I've been following blockchain for a long time, so that's the number two thing. So the first thing was changing, you know, the way that artists are paid on a streaming service from pro rata to user centric. So write those down, guys. Go look them up. If you're a small and upcoming band, this is something that can be really helpful helpful for you. So definitely look into it. And then that leads right over to blockchain and NFTs and the Kings of Leon, which was just out of the blue, right? I've been studying blockchain, and there's a couple of companies that started. Yellowheart is one of them, and that's who um, Kings of Leon went through. But for the non-tech tech savvy person, going on the website and like being a band and setting up an NFT and getting everything that they have it down to science. It's pretty nice. I mean, it's the apps on your phone. You know, I mean, he's a tech guy, so they know what they're doing and they're making it really user friendly. You don't have to really know and understand all of the technology that's underneath it to use it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and I think that's the, the – it's such an, an, a primitive place right now. And I know you and I talked briefly about the Kings of Leon album and how mm-hmm. it it didn't do as well as they had hoped. Um, but, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. That doesn't mean it's dead on arrival, right? Because blockchain and cryptocurrency is a very new thing right now, right? Oh, and, yeah. and not everybody – has it not everybody has access to it and not everybody right. you know it, it understands it probably most important right. that's probably the most important statement not everybody understands how it works right. and as it, the technology grows and as people become more comfortable f- with it you're going mm-hmm. to see more people do it and you know even though maybe that didn't hit the numbers that they were anticipating it's not because I don't think people are interested. I just think there's a level of awareness that needs to improve on it. There's a learning curve. Um, and, and one of the things that you have to realize is, uh, so, okay, let me back up a little bit. So what Kings of Leon did was they used a cryptocurrency called a non-fungible token, which is similar to Bitcoin, but it's not. It's usually used for art and digital art. So what happened was 
artists weren't making any money in COVID. And then DJs came up with a way, well, hey, let's make digital art and then we can sell it. Well, how are we going to sell it? Well, let's sell it on the blockchain. Oh, okay. Well, we can't use Bitcoin. Oh, well, let's use something called non-fungible token. Non-fungible token means that it's one of a kind. And the blockchain comes in to prove ownership because basically um, blockchain, which everything is built on, cryptocurrency is a digital currency and it's built on a blockchain. The chains of information that are put together and verified. And what that means is that the owners and every transaction on that NFT is traceable, right? So the artwork can be replicated because of the di- it's digital, but that doesn't mean you own it. And people who buy an NFT, they don't buy the copyright, right? So they can use it and they can put it up on their profile and they can do a lot of things with it, but they don't really own it. The people who, oh, well, they, they own a part of it, proportional part of it. <laughs> I said it's very complicated. So the NFT came along as a way to sell art and you can also put music on it. And so it, it works for King of Leon. Now you guys might've heard that some non-fungible token art sold for like $69 million and selling, some are selling for two and three and $5 million. So there, there's a lot of interest right now in, in the very speculative and a, a lot of people jump into this market early because they want to get in on it. And so there's, there's kind of a bubble around it. And I think everybody's kind of waiting to see how it goes. But if you look at King of Leon, right, they released their album and they had three different tokens. And the one that did the best was the one that included four tickets, front row tickets to their concert every time they play and those went to auction and that's what drove um, the profits up to $2 million. And that's money that they get directly to them. Directly to them. Two million. There's no way. Two million directly to them. And, here, and here's the cool thing what they did is they gave 500000 They gave half a million away to like, uh, I believe it was front of house or crew, crew nation. It's a live nation fun for people who work front and back of house, you know, in industry, in the music industry. So they just took that money and redirected it right to them. So, I mean, think of 1.5 million, right? So. And, and to any artist that's listening to this going, wow, this is going to be fantastic. This is a game changer. Mm-hmm. What you need to remember through this process is when the record companies start figuring this out, and coming to you with a record contract and they're taking a piece of the blockchain music, the blockchain revenue, remember, you don't need to sign that contract because they are scared with this because this right, can, yeah, this can so, put them out of business. Okay. Right. Blockchain is, is you, it's just a digital ledger of who gets paid and who owns and, and who transacted. You know, I buy something from you and the money goes into my account. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> All the way it goes around. in my account. <laughs> oh, damn. You're always trying to steal from me, Christy. 
Look at that. You're 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 Atlantic Records. You're Warner Brothers. No, but it's it's interesting because you know prior to file sharing and prior to Napster. You know, these, those, that, those were the golden days of music. All, you know, the 60s, 70s, 80s. This is why these guys all became millionaires, right? Driving the fancy oh, yeah. cars and the Ferraris oh, yeah. and the big homes and the big mansions <laughs> because they, they, got, they, got, uh, they got record deals, maybe not on their first record, but the second and third and fourth records. They got, they got a lot of money. Plus, when you sold your song, you know, for a movie or a commercial mm-hmm. or whatever, I mean, that was oh, yeah. just reoccurring revenue. That was just, it was almost like free money. And that That's all went away. Money. That all went away. And it hasn't come back the way the no. current infrastructure is set up, where these streaming services are basically stealing <laughs> from the artists. And mm-hmm. no one's been able to figure out how to take it back. And I think... No. People are starting to know with technology, they're starting to realize how mm-hmm. they can take it back. Okay. Because that's a middleman. That's exactly so that's what Bitcoin is. Bitcoin is decentralized finance, right? So there's no bank, there's no owner, there's no transaction fees, there's it's nodes, it's a uh, computing power, it's volunteers, blockchain is uh confirmed and verified uh bitcoins are mined there's a whole entire structure of how they're mined and when they're going to be mined and anybody can mine them but boy have you got to have a lot of power <laughs> and you know one of the drawbacks from blockchain is it it's an energy hog right it's not really green technology and there's a couple of new companies one guy reached out to me on twitter last week or early this week and they're doing carbon offsets, and they've got all kinds of things going. I believe they're called Proton. I'm not advertising anything here, and I'm not a financial advisor at all. But, you know, there are some things that are going to happen with blockchain that we're at the beginning of it right now. We're kind of, we're at the beginning, not exactly the beginning of digital and crypto, but we're at the beginning of it becoming more widely accepted and possibly stabilizing if you go on right now you can find like a million different wallets and things like that there's a lot of different startups because it's kind of an well even even when especially nft yeah even when what was it bitcoin what was it three four years ago had Mm -hmm. it was the big craze you know it was the big you know and then and then it tanked right it right it, it it just bottomed out a lot in large part because a lot of countries were banning the use of it. Yes. And, right. you know, and, and again, people didn't understand how it worked and, and, and there has to be an education, especially when a big oh, yeah. changeover of currency is happening. But I remember during that time that a lot of the banks, especially like bank one, is it still called bank? Oh, it's Chase bank. Chase. Um, that's how Chase. old I am. I, I remember, I remember it was when it was called bank one. Um, oh my God. So Chase Bank and others, they were developing their own cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So they know that that's the future of where things are right. going. And there's other things outside of of uh, of Bitcoin, Bitcoin that you can oh, yeah, also invest to uh, invest in. That everyone talks about the Bitcoin numbers. I think people are predicting it's going to be like sixty thousand if it hasn't reached there already. But there's uh, it, al- it was fifty nine yesterday or fifty six. Yeah, yesterday. there's there's other alternatives. So like 
you know, just because Ethereum. You, you know, Ethereum, I think that's the one that's like the biggest alternative to it. And yeah. Yeah. And, well, I'm uh, interested in that. I like Ethereum. Right. So, so it's not very prevalent or quote unquote mainstream right now, but just like anything, it has to start at somewhere. And it may not oh, be, absolutely. it may not be at the infant stages as it is. I think the infant stages are over, but it's at the infant stage when it comes to things like purchasing music and purchasing things well, that you. That's what I meant. You know, yeah. yeah. NFTs, NFTs are, are, are new as far as using them as tokens to buy and sell music, sell and buy music. Um, it, you know, and there's, there's just going to be an explosion of cryptocurrency, I believe. And, and so here's another caveat, you know, you have to be careful and do your research. Like I wouldn't go with a startup. That's just because um, I have slightly less risk averse. I would rather go with somebody that's been doing it for, you know, since 2009 or 2010, right? Cause that's when it started in 2009. So somebody, a company that's been around for a while, Yellowheart, who did the Kings of Leon thing, they've been around for a while and they're doing a great job. And I checked them out a couple of years ago and I go, wow, I think these guys are really onto something. And there's going to be more companies offering those services to bands. One of them is called Ditto. Um, I had that open. I don't know where it went to. I have so many things open. But anyway, they are offering, they're explaining it. You go on their website, say you're in a band. And you go on the website, and it's really easy to navigate. It's broken down so you can understand it. And, you know, maybe as a new band or maybe before you put out your next album or single or EP, you think, wow, let me check out going to an NFT or crypto, and is it going to work for us, you know? It obviously works for Kings of Leon, but you have to remember they've been around for 20 years. They're an established band. They have a huge worldwide fan base, right? So I'm thinking at the beginning when it's new, you, you've got to be at least, like you said, the mid-level, maybe upper mid-level band. You don't, you know, like maybe Dirty Honey could have released their album on NFC this time. Who knows? But somebody at that level. It's interesting. It, it really is. It, and I really do think that this is where, you know, for, for artists that are struggling and artists that are not making the same amount or relying on touring to make the money, right. I think this is a game changer for a lot of people. And it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen, no. you know, this <laughs> year. But I would say over the next 10 years, over the next decade, exactly. there's going to be a lot of evolution with this and there's going to be a lot of things. But I'm just saying, don't let the record companies, don't let these streaming services no. come in and figure out a way how to continue to fuck you if you're the artist or the band. Oh, because yeah, well, they're, they're they're reading yeah. all this stuff now as you know, oh. Christie's reading all these things. You can bet a lot of these streaming services, the the CEOs, the presidents of these companies are being informed by people. They're mm -hmm. studying all this stuff and they're trying to figure oh, out yeah. a way as we speak. How do we get in on this so we can grab all the money? Well, I'll tell you what, that's their job, right? They're corporations. That's what they do. Sure. Uh, they're, they're here to serve their shareholders. And if they don't make money, then they're a bad corporation. And that should go out of business. But I'll tell you what, they are scared, though. Well, I already know that a lot of the streamers are already using blockchain. Because it is, it's so easy. You don't have to go through 
an, uh, professional rights organization because, again, all the information, it, well, because you look at a song like WAP, it probably has 10 writers on it, you know? A lot of the hip-hop songs have so many writers, and if they sample something, it's got the original writers if they sample the song. Uh, blockchain allows instant payment to all the copyright holders like that. I mean, that saves the streamers so much money, right? So, of course, they're going to use blockchain. I know they already are. But on top of that, today, or was it yesterday, Spotify announced a new program. Uh, and I forget what it's called. It's called Loud and Clear or something like that. Because they want to be fully transparent with copyright. <laughs> Just correct me up. I mean... Because all of this is really going down to, like, how artists get paid, you know? Who owns the copyright? Are you paying them fairly? Um, are musicians, you're using their content, you're using their music, and they're not getting paid, right? So there is a, for the first time in a long time in the music industry, you're peeling back the layers of secrecy and all these hidden mechanisms behind the scenes, how they've been really basically fucking musicians and songwriters for so long that all of a sudden, out of the blue, Spotify announces their transparency, you know, on, on copyrights and how they pay their artists. So it's really interesting. And I have a feeling all the streamers are going to be doing that within the next month or so. Yeah, and I just think that if people band together and they stay together and, you know, they don't allow the tech companies and the big corporations, the big record labels to come in and swoop in and, and find a way to continue to screw the artist, I think if, if artists stay together and really see this through and really understand how it can benefit them, where they don't exactly. need – they don't need – anyone else but themselves and having a team they can pay a team to do this you know how to study yeah. how to study how to get their music out how, you know the different platforms yeah. of blockchain that they can or cryptocurrency that they can use and if you pay a team of one two or three okay to do that it benefits you and it doesn't cost as much as someone taking 99.5 percent oh. of any revenue that you that you make and, and the figure that you're going to have to realize is you're going to be making more money using soundcloud or blockchain in the future you're going to be making 55 cents on the dollar i don't even right. know if they made that in the in in the heyday of music right probably not i mean there are two great examples that soundcloud put out like uh indie artist is making like $120 a month on SoundCloud. Now she switches over to their service where she goes to the user-centric. She's going to double that in a month. So so you're making 120 on your spins, right? And so that's in in April. That's what you make. And you switch over in a month, or you make that in um, March. And you switch over on April 1st, and you get your fan base to follow you to the new service, they are going to have to pay. But, you know, a lot of people are used to paying for services, streaming services anyway. And if you're, they're your fan, they're, they're going to want to do it, right? That's what Patreon's about, supporting your, your people that you love. So you get them over there. You're going to double your money in a month. 
And especially if you're at that mid-level range, like a blacktop right. mojo, you know, or right. a band that's approaching that mid-level range. Goodbye, June. Goodbye, you June. Know, I, oh, I, can, okay. yeah. I, I mean, I mean, I can see yeah, what, I, what I'm trying to say is, is, you know, they have the power back right. in their lap again. Like they have the power. Exactly. They, have, they have the keys to the car again. And if, if they withhold their music from the streaming platforms, right. And they mm-hmm. utilize social mm-hmm. media correctly, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, mm-hmm. you know, whatever uh, they can get the word out to the people, their fans and bring them right. into whatever site they want to bring them to and right. turn that into revenue so they can, you know, become Live. a touring musician, not have to worry about working right. a part-time job when they're off tour or whatever it is, you know? Exactly. Exactly. If I was managing a band right now, which I have done many times, I would, um, I would immediately uh, find the right blockchain service. Uh, and there's quite a few of them out there. And, and, you know, some are more established than others. So do your research. Um, I would use user-centric model. And so I would limit, actually, my, I wouldn't, see, everybody is out there all over the place. So on every, you're streaming on every platform. I'd be like, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> you want to listen to our music? I, I would go the opposite direction of the world, quite frankly. I'd say, we're going to have a YouTube channel and we're going to have SoundCloud. Diane, yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and people would be like, oh my God, you're not on Spotify and you're not, I'm like, what? The people like our music. I mean, how hard is it to go to SoundCloud versus Spotify? It's right. a freaking app on your goddamn phone. You push a button. And, you know, I think what it is is incentivizing and motiva- motivating your, your fans and really being there for them. YouTube is a place where you can put behind-the-scenes videos and you can talk to your fans and you can chat with them in live. You know, you can... Uh, sell merch on YouTube from what I saw the other day (laughs) and tried not to buy merch off YouTube. I'm like, Oh God, there's merch on YouTube, but Hey, great for the bands. Right. And I think SoundCloud is also going to have a component where you can sell merch as well. And I know Spotify is working on that, but I would tell you what Spotify and everybody else and all the record companies are, are there watching this with, I mean, eagle eyes. I can't believe the attention that's going to be focused at, at and is focused on this to see where the market goes. Are people going to jump onto the user centric? You know, are, are the people going to follow their bands there? You have you to know, look at it. If you're a that. band, if you're a band, the only reason why this is going to fail, if you're a band or an artist is if people give up because they don't have the patience. That's right. the only way this fails. And I know it might be difficult in the beginning if you're converting everything over to these types of sites, because SoundCloud's probably mm-hmm. not going to be the only one that does this, but right. you know, exactly. eventually there's going to be competition. But here's the thing you got to realize: you're not making any money from the streaming services right now. Exactly, you got nothing to you're lose. Not, <laughs> you're not making any money if you're if you're a mid level to low level artist. And again, yeah. I'm not saying low level in terms of bad just terms no, of, no. of awareness and popularity. Okay. Right. So, so you're, you got nothing to lose, right? You make your money now on merchandise, you know, pre-order vinyls, t-shirts, right. all that stuff. That's where you make your money. You make your money on touring. Ideally that's not going to change. 
you're still going yeah. to make your 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 money that way, right? But you have a different way of making money on your music and you get to keep more of it. A good portion of it, right. Yes. And well, and if your music is streaming uh, over, you know, in England and they do change over, I mean, they will mandate that all the streamers that stream music in the UK have to use the user-centric model and to retire the pro rata. So, you know, the United States is not the only market. And as people, like I said, everybody's got eyeballs on this. And if it's successful, even if it's a little bit successful, I'm telling you, everybody's jumping on it. And if if you're companies, everybody. And if you got a heavy presence on Facebook, um, I, I know a lot of bands overseas prefer Facebook over Twitter. Um, but if you're utilizing, utilizing social media the way you can, the way to bring in eyeballs and fans and all that stuff, you know, again, it, it might be worth in having someone on your team knowing what you can do and how you can utilize this oh, yeah. and how you can bring in people to make revenue. And it may take some bands, you know, splitting the cost oh, on the team, right? Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, if you've got four people in your band and you guys are a, a band of four or five people, that's four or five people that need to contribute to the business of the band. I'm not just talking about right? that, but I'm also talking about just like, like you know, five five bands band together, use oh, a, you yeah. know, a team to do that, cross-market each other and, and, Perfect, and do that yeah. stuff. You know, that that's what, what I look at. That's what I, you know, what, what I would be looking at to do. Because that is a great idea. Because the more strength in numbers, right, is is not just the cliche; it's actually the truth. And if you have bands that are in that mid level to low level range that are banded together, that are working together to conquer this, it's going to benefit everybody. Okay, and yeah, I totally agree. And, That's and, a great and, idea. Yeah, and I think that really is where the key is because what. What's going to happen with the record labels and the streaming services is they're going to try to divide and conquer, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to try to make it seem like, oh, my God, this is impossible. They're going to make it as difficult as possible on the artist to proceed with this and make money because of fear. They're scared. Now, if yeah, you're yeah. a big artist like you know, ACDC or whomever, is this really yeah. going to matter to you at this point? Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. You know, no. I mean, I mean, you're still going to have your no. music on Spotify. You're still going to have the money that you have. Yeah. It's not going to affect the big artists, but no. you know, people want to make money, so they may take advantage of it. But it, it's it's the artists mm-hmm. that that you know are on Spotify that aren't making any money. Remember, remember, every time you get frustrated with if you're trying to converge over to this or convert over to this, you're not making any money on on the streaming services right now, anyway. You're not, no, you're, you're not doing giving it. them. You're giving them your work, right? Essentially for free. I mean, I can't think of one occupation in the world that gives their work for free. Lawyers don't. Construction workers don't. Grocery store workers don't work for free. Um, writers and newspapers—they don't work for free. I'm trying to see who the hell works for free. So. You know, these, everybody knows, and that's what this whole hearing in the UK Parliament was about, is that it's a completely unfair system. 
And to change it, it's going to take some structural change at the top, possibly from the government and definitely from the streamers. And as a band, you've got to be aware of what's going on and follow what's going on. And if it makes sense for you, take advantage of it. That's my advice. Yeah, because you know it's going to come. Once they can figure out how to stop this, they're going to put all <laughs> their eggs in the, in, the, in the basket of trying to stop this. They're going to... They're they're scared. I mean, this is kind of like Nap Napster was a game changer. When was Napster? Oh, yeah. Mid mid to late nineties. Um, yeah. You know, so that was yeah. yeah. Was it ninety nine, or was it no? Was it two thousand? Something like that. I mean, it was like, I think yeah. Two thousand. Two thousand one, maybe. Two thousand two thousand one. Yeah, and and that was a game changer. And that, and remember how everyone used to complain? Not everyone. The record labels complain. We can't make any money anymore. Yeah. We can't do that. Well, guess what? They're still around and they're still making mm-hmm. money, and, and they lied. They're they're making money just like they've lied through the history of music. You know, whenever you know when they were you know making vinyl and 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 signing these bands to these horrible contracts and basically owning them. Um, oh yeah, you know, you know they're always going to cry poor. And I know you and I have talked about music <laughs> becoming the music industry becoming a tech industry. And I think pretty this, it, it pretty much is is doing that, whether it's algorithms, whether it's streaming services, whether it's now blockchain, whether whatever it yeah. is, it, it is here. Music yeah. is not determined anymore by radio DJs, video yeah. DJs or VJs, yeah. as they used to call yeah. them. It's determined by algorithms now. Oh, yeah. Very much so. If you can work around that as an artist in the band and create your own thing on SoundCloud or whatever, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're ahead of the game. My friends, you're, mm-hmm. you're doing it yourself and you're keeping the money. You're keeping yeah. the money from your art and don't let anybody tell you that these artists are whiny and they're bitches. Let me tell you something like you just said, who works for free in this country? Who works for free on this globe? Well, I mean, obviously there's nope. there's slave labor in in certain yeah, countries, but what I'm, what I'm what I'm what I'm saying though is is that don't let anybody tell you or make you feel bad that you're wanting to make more money for your music that you've created that you've imagined that you've worked hard to create, and someone's going to oh. come in and shit all over it. Fuck those people. Oh, no, I you know article after article uh, says you know. Everybody knows that the copyright holders and the creators are not paid fairly. I mean, everybody knows that. And that's why everybody's, you know, let's see if they, everybody rushes to the, to the user centric because, you know, SoundCloud's going to make money off it at the end of the day. Don't fool yourself. Um, it is a great change for the creator, you know, but all eyes are on this. And trust me, like you said, they're going to figure out if they can exploit it somehow and they will. In the meantime, all you young bands, all you young musicians and and songwriters out there, figure this shit out now. Figure it out, you know, because basically it's your livelihood and you don't want it stolen from you by some guy, some rich billionaire tech in fucking another country, right? So get on it. Get on blockchain, learn about cryptocurrency, learn about copyright, learn about what's going on and stay up to date so that you can take advantage and be ready to pivot 
when the time is right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you just got to keep that in your head. You're not making any money from any of these services right now. So no. why get frustrated? Just be patient. It might be, you know, a challenge in the beginning, converting everything over. And, you know, there's always that mm -hmm. unknown, but I think if more artists start to do it, mm -hmm. more fans will join in and be a part of it. And I do think the majority of fans want to support the artists that they like. So, oh my God, absolutely. If your music That's is been, not, yeah, if your music is not on the streaming services, and the only way to get it is through blockchain or through SoundCloud, if a, you know, most artists are going to, or most fans are going to go follow where their favorite artists are. So, I mean, that's just going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I do. I mean, absolutely. And, you know, I don't, I only want one stream. I only need one streaming service. I don't even, I dropped my subscription to Spotify a long time ago. Um, I use Amazon. I don't love them. I don't, I don't really like any of them, actually, to be honest. And so if I can use SoundCloud and I know that my money is going to the artists that I love and that I stream and that I want to get paid for their creation. I'm thrilled. And I think most fans are sophisticated enough if they're just not casual, you know, background music, you know, oh, that's rock or that's pop. But if they're invested in music, I think today's fan is pretty sophisticated. And, you know, the other thing is, I mean, when you look at it, you know, this is a huge fundamental change and and the way that you know people are going to approach music, listening and buying and supporting, and there's never been a, a better time in history for fans and artists to connect and creators to connect with each other. I regularly text and DM with a ton of bands from all over the world that, like two or three or four or five years ago, wouldn't even really be possible. Oh, maybe five years or maybe 10 years ago wouldn't have been possible, but I'm really, I'm friends with them, you know, and I, we joke with each other and I support them. And I, I, and that, and I think that that level, uh, the, those whole barriers between the artist and the fan have really kind of disappeared. And I think the artists get it that the more they reach out and the more they engage with their fans, the more their fans are going to share their music, love their music, support their music, buy their music, buy their merch, go see them on tour. And, you know, following a band from Spotify over to SoundCloud is literally the push of a button. Well, we'll leave it at that. A great conversation. There you go. And this is something that... We will continue to monitor and continue to yeah. talk about because as I touched on a lot last year and when I first started this podcast is about the infrastructure of rock music and where it needs to be at and what needs to happen. And I think this is going to be part of it. This is really going to oh, be yeah. part of taking the music back. And then it's not just, you know, for rock music too as well. It's going to affect all genres, but it's really going to affect rock music because there's so many new artists out there. There's so many bands that have to constantly tour and get on these tour circuits and make their money through selling t-shirts and merchandise that this is going to help a lot of people and please stay together, stick together, do what you can be patient 
but this is coming. Help is on the way, and hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, it is what we envision, Christy and exactly. I, in terms of what can happen. Because there's going to be a lot of crooks out there. There's going to be a lot of thieves oh, yeah. trying to get mm-hmm. their hands in in the cookie jar. Don't let yeah. them, don't let them do that like they did with with the streaming services. Don't let them do it. Yeah, exactly. Well, thanks for having me, Jay. All right, Christy. Well, thank you for being on the show. Like I said, there's no one better than knowing what's going on and what's happening in terms of the industry and the infrastructure in music. And Christy always brings it. So always happy to have you. Thank you very much. All right, everybody. I'm Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks. Stay safe. Stay healthy. We will certainly talk again soon. Be well. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.